Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. Don't mind if I do. Bonehead Weekly. Can any of you all enunciate today? Because I can't. I'm going to roll my eyes from the king of the enunciating. I can't see at the bottom of the screen because damn phallic microphone. Wait, you're going to roll your eyes at the king of it. That statement also made no sense. No, yes, but James, James, James should not lecture anyone about enunciating. Huh. Where are you at? There you are. I'm right. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull up this chest that I haven't got to use for a long time. I'm right the hell here. I didn't say where the <laughs> hell are you. I said, where I know. You at? I know, but nobody ever sets me up for it. So I had to take. I had you to need a lower class of colleague. I, dude, I don't. Uh, I don't see people. And whose fault is that? I'm not, I'm not. It's not always a bad thing not to see people. I know. And whose fault is that? I mean, it's dangerous when I drive, but. Yeah. So last week we talked about the dead, the dead presidents. We talked about money. Now we talked about presidents in movies. And my two colleagues said they had a ton more presidents they wanted to talk about on television. I don't think I said that. You want me to go first? You all want me to get this party started? Well, I mean, I've, I've I've got some. I yeah, I've got two. Really? Yes. Huh? I've got two. I've got it's it's incredible how little I care about the character president characters throughout television. I think I must be missing some. I'm actually excited for you all to hear some because can we get one out of the way? Depends. Are any one of you all going to talk about the West Wing? No, no, I actually was not going to. And I know I don't want to upset anybody. So, Ch Joe, talk about it because I know people love the, the West Wing. And the reason I didn't bring it up, too, by the way, is the same reason I didn't bring up American President in the film one. Because you like, hate Aaron Sorkin. No, it's not that. It's just that Michael Douglas in the American President was the epitome of what a president should be. And we have never had that. <laughs> that might as well have been science fiction. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about, Josiah Bartlett in the West Wing. Okay. And and, and I'm not a huge... West Wing is a finely written show. There's nothing, any, anything wrong with it. And I watched it, the first two seasons. I, I've not watched all the seasons, but I've watched several episodes, and some of them are damn good. The one after 9-11 is really good. But I... I Martin Sheen is fantastic in it. It's, there's no... I just... I'm with Chad on this one. It's almost like science fiction. Yeah. It's almost like science fiction. I know this is what you probably want. It's some sort of idealized left of center person. Same thing. Somebody, with Michael who, can unite, Douglas somebody who can run and unite the country. Yeah. With relative ease. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And probably slightly left of center. Yeah. Right. I mean, the whole thing about the American president, again, why I didn't bring it up is because what is the whole su subplot of that is it's gun control. Yeah. And right. they make it seem like it's flawless, like the president can just come in and grab those guns. And, and no, it doesn't happen. No, and none not of in our country true. anyway. Not, not, <laughs> you need to say it differently. You say, not in our country is how you're supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how that's that's how that's supposed to be stated. But that I wanted to talk about that at first, if not. And I didn't actually no offense. I didn't think either one of you picked him. And then once again, has nothing to do with Martin Sheen, has nothing to do with Aaron Sorkin or the West Wing. I was just joking. Aaron Sorkin's probably one of the finest living writers today. Mm -hmm. The issue is 
is that I, Chad probably nailed it on the head. It's almost like science fiction. Yeah. It's almost like science fiction. These people don't exist. What we have is Trump. Right. Well, yeah, and you know, the other reverse of that is, you know, when you watch all these medieval ep epic movies, there's always a, you know, in a lot of the cases, there's this, this king who's all about reuniting the country and he's there for the people and the people will rally and fight against him. And that's just not true either. They're, the kings were tyrants. They cared about their inner circle, their money, their greed. You know, it was it's the same thing. Just a different, just a different way of ruling a ruling a group of people, right? So. <laughs> but I mean, in all honesty, would you want to be president? No, no, no. Most that the, I'm not saying I'm not saying that the people who well, no, no, no. are inherently I, I evil, that. except for a few. I'm saying they're all no. You don't get to that level without making deals yeah. and without, and you cannot be the same person you were when you started your quest as when you get to the end, right? Well, the thing is, is that I think anyone who would want that job is already inherently flawed. What we need is the person who's really smart over in the corner who can do things. He doesn't really want it and has to do it. And it's thrust upon them. And then right. feel obligation. Anybody who wakes up in the middle of the night and says, you know what? I, I can fix this country. Probably like the Kiefer, last person who needs to be fixing this country. Kiefer Sutherland in that horrible TV show that thankfully didn't last long. You know, that's on several lists. Ugh. You're sure it's not 24? It's the other one. What is designated it? Survivor. Designated Survivor. Designated Survivor, yeah. Yeah, it's on several lists. Ugh. It really is. Uh, and I've never seen it, so I have no idea how horrible. I can't judge it, yeah. I just know. Oh, have you seen it? Nope. What but the heck do you know it's horrible? Because it's a Kiefer Sutherland TV show. I like Kiefer Sutherland. I, I never watched 24. I watched the first or two episodes, but I... I I also not shitting on 24. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> it's too anyway, late. moving right along. Jay, what? what? Nothing. How do you haven't seen it though? I've seen a couple episodes, and from what I saw, I hated it. So but I didn't never seen Designated Survivor. I've never no, seen I haven't. it. Either. I haven't, so I can't judge it, but I'm just saying it's me. <laughs> Jay, do you want to go? James, which, yes. which president do you like? I think one of the best television programs that captured uh, a president. By the way, I want to point out, I am absolutely terrified you're going to choose one of mine. Because if you do, I'm like, I'm no, oh, I'm not. Well, I, this one is actually based on a real president, so I may, but uh, screw you. Um, I, no, you, it's compelling. I've actually rewatched a couple times. My wife actually enjoyed it, and that's Paul Giamatti as John Adams. Oh, yeah, Ooh, that's good. That's, that's a good, good. one. That, I forgot about I that one. I'm glad you picked that one. That, that, that was the one I almost brought up last week, which is why I said, hey, are we going to do television next week? Because I, I wanted to talk about that because I give a, you that one. It captures something really important. Yes. Because it shows how our presidency is, well, it does a lot, but it also shows how our presidency has changed because it used to be, Joe, who was your vice president? Your vice president was the guy that came in second. Exactly. Which and that's meant flawed. You, which meant, well, but it also meant you had to talk to the other side. Yep. In a two-party system, which it wasn't necessarily a two-party system, but anyway, you would you would be forced to work out some sort of agreement with the other side. There are times, I know it wouldn't work, because quite frankly, uh, no matter who won, the other, you know, people would be praying that the president died so their person could get in, so it wouldn't work. But 
but I, I, I kind of miss that mentality of, you know, that's the second favorite, so they get to be vice president. If something happens to you, the second favorite gets in. There's some logic to that. I think the other thing that it did really well, though, is showed how messed up our founding fathers truly were. Ben Franklin was not overly that wise guy spitting out philosophy like Mark Twain did later. Nope. Ben Franklin uh, had a thing for the ladies. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, what I like about the series. And, and I mean, all of them are slightly flawed because everyone's slightly flawed. Plus, that that's just an excellent if you guys never seen it and you have H, I'm assuming it's on HBO Max. Chad is an I've, I've Max. got it on DVD. I liked it enough. I bought it on DVD. I mean, it was made by HBO. I'm just assuming, but these yeah. fucking streaming services just haphazardly remove shit from time as to time. As far as I know, it is still on HBO Max. But John we'll Adams is a damn we'll good. We'll see if Discovery screws it up. Anyway, um, but I think that is, again, I think that's what's so compelling about the show is that it really does show you, A, when we sit here and be like, well, our founding fathers, well, if we were doing it like our founding fathers did it, the second most popular would be vice president. Mm -hmm. All these different things that we now think have been around forever, they haven't been. They are, in the grand scheme of things, some of them really new. And so I think that's one of the reasons it's probably one of the most important television shows that is still entertaining. It's not, I'm not knocking documentaries. Yeah. But you can, to a certain extent, shut off your brain and still enjoy John Adams. It's better if you leave part of your brain on, but it's still enjoyable. And by the way, Paul Giamatti, he's, there's, there's many roles that I think, oh, that man can play that role, but he might've been born to play that role. Uh, yeah, he he's fantastic, and I can never remember the actor's name. It's not David Prowse. It's David, oh, whatever. Who, who Morse. David Morse, thank you. Fantastic character actor who plays uh, our... Uh, George Washington. <laughs> I forgot George Washington's name. <laughs> who, who played That's George all right. Washington. He didn't know you. Yeah, he didn't know mine either. There's a scene in that show that I love, and it's, a well, it's several scenes, but it leads up to he and... Um, John Adams and his wife, who's played by Laura uh, Lenny, right? Lenny. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's fantastic as well. Um, arguing about their son because his son was a disappointment. And I and it was so hard for me to understand him cutting his son out of his life. But it's a different time. You know, we're looking at it a different perspective. But. Yeah, because he didn't follow in his footsteps and didn't do what he wanted him to do and was more of a rap scallion, if you. And there's also the great scene where he gets on the horse and, and gets in the carriage to leave the White House. And he has that line. It's like, I, I'm no one. Don't worry about it. That's nothing. I'm no longer the president. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really good. If you guys have never, if you're into history and you've never seen it, I, I highly encourage it. What else you got to say about it, James? No, I mean, that's it. I, that's, I, that's the one I had to mention. I don't, I, Chad, if I stole it from you. Nope. Uh, I, but it's it's a great one. I'm about to get political. So one of my favorite presidents in TV is on not on some lists. And so I you're, you're going. You did West Wing. Oh, I I didn't. I just was talking about West Wing. Okay, go, Chad. Nope, nope. You go, Mister Mister Starshine. It's not Starshine. <laughs> I just thought I was bringing up West because I only had the two that I really wanted to Dude, talk about. I'm just sitting with you. Go. So, but I do, I do have an interesting, well, what I think is an interesting point on this. 
So this guy was the president for three seasons, but his wife was the president for the last season. I yeah. don't know what and you're on, talking about. And on, she's on several lists, gentlemen. Really? I actually never did watch the last season. I never did watch it either. So I cannot talk about how good Claire Underwood is as a president in the last season of House of Cards. But I can talk about Kevin Spacey as Francis Underwood in House of Cards and how he's on none of these lists. Now, I know why he's not on any of these lists. And maybe, maybe Claire Underwood was fantastic. The show did a 180 and she was just a good president the whole damn time during that final season. I don't know. What do you gentlemen think? Now, I mean, once again, I gave Chad shit for commenting about some. I have not seen it because I had little interest once Kevin Spacey was removed from the equation. I'm not defending anything Kevin Spacey's done. I'm just saying we've talked about it on here, separating the artist from the art, as James says. I loved him as Frank Underwood in House of Cards. Have you all seen the original House of Cards? Any of I have not. I should. No. British version. I've, I've yeah. seen a couple episodes of it, and I'm like, oh. I mean, that apple didn't fall far from that tree, so to speak. But I will say this. I think what makes that show compelling, at least the, the first couple seasons, is how twisted and literally how vile. But at the same time, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right? I mean, he does terrible. I mean, if I remember correctly, first episode, he kills a dog. He kills a dog because the dog's been hit. He he still ended suffering. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but he wasn't rushing to see if the dog could be saved either. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, but I, it sets up the character. My problem is, is it sets up the character perfectly for the first season because I understand that inclination. So you and I w would probably take the dog to a vet. Other people will be this dog is suffering. It's a dog. Let me stop its suffering. So I get it, but it just shows you who he is. Not yeah. necessarily a murderer, but more than willing to commit murder to do what he thinks is for the greater good. And he's one of those people who wakes up in the morning and thinks he is the greater good for the country. Agreed, is Frank Underwood. The problem is with the show, it's not a problem. It's it, it just each consecutive season, it's less and less interesting because it goes more and more off the rails of him trying to hold on to the presidency. Yeah, the character the character seems to kind of lose its its momentum. It really I was does. going to say it's 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 center. To me, yeah. it's he loses his center because. And James, thank you so much for bringing that up. To me, that's who Frank Underwood is, and that's how where the and that's where the series should have ended was the end of. And we've talked about it on here before, of at the end of the first series when he becomes president and he does that knock on the table. Knock on the, the that should have been all of it. I mean, would I've liked to have seen more? Of course, but it's always going to be diminishing returns because that's one of the best fucking endings ever for it. For yeah, season. because uh, so. you know, he and the thing was, they after he got presidency, it's well, the chase is over now. He's in it, and I felt like a lot of the stories were, well, he can't be conniving anymore. He can't, you know, it's it's and he has to hold on to it. It's not yeah. as interesting. It's not no. as interesting. It's like the dog trying to chase the car. Yeah. Once he gets it, what's he going to do with it? You're right. going to be president. What you're going to do, mm -hmm. and and not to get too political, but it's it's similar to Stern talking about Trump. He wanted to run for president. Never really thought about do you when, really want to be right president. 
I don't ever doubt that Trump didn't want to run for president and then thus probably wants to win because most people like that want to win and most of us want to win. I get that. But do you really want to do it? Whereas the three of us earlier, like, no, we don't want to do that job. No. So I, Frank Underwood, but don't you all find it interesting that Claire Underwood and Robin Wright, fantastic actress, I'm not knocking her. That, not, not, neither here nor there. She's just as evil or almost as bad as Frank is in the show. But, and they have a, a fascinating relationship. Yes. A, a partnership, a business partner. Actually, I kind of understand their relationship a little bit, except for, except for a few parts of it. Frank and I have different picadillos. Trying to think of it anyway, in a different way to put it, but isn't it you guys call? I mean, maybe that fourth season's fantastic. Do you guys think it's a little bit of bullshit to put her on some of these lists? I think. Well, it depends on how good the performance is. Again, I can't judge it because I've not seen it. I can't judge Keeper Sutherland because I've seen his TV work and I know it's subpar. But I think, I think, let me I never think Keeper Sutherland. So I far. think it's one of those things that. That show was so loved. It's no flashback, Sutherland. Uh, that it, that it, you know, people want to recognize <laughs> it, but people struggle with recognizing Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's, so right. that's what transfer. I'm calling bullshit on. Is just say, you know, Kevin Spacey, if these things are true, is a horrible person who's made bad judgments. But this character is really cool. It's like all the people that came out and, and shit on him, and and by, and it's fine. It's probably I don't doubt that most of these bad behaviors that I've heard about are factual. I'm not arguing any of that. I'm sure, he was an asshole, but some of these performances, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So, uh, roving into mine, and yeah, mine is based on a performance, and mine actually literally had two sentences. And uh, so here's uh, it's all of the character from the show is uh, he's protecting the president. Uh, they're in the bathroom. The president's using the bathroom. He's protecting him. And the president comes up to him and asks how he's doing. And he just lays into the president about how his life's a wreck. His wife has cancer. Everything's a mess. And he doesn't know how he's ever, how we'll ever get out of the mess that we're in country wise in his life. And the, uh, president played by Bruce Campbell as Ronald Reagan says, son, there's not a challenge on God's earth that can be overcome by an American. I truly believe that. And then the uh, Lou Salverson looks at him and says, yeah, but how? And Reagan just zips up his pants, walks right out the door. <laughs> and that is Bruce Campbell's portrayal of Ronald Reagan in Fargo season two. I've never I I need to watch Fargo. I started a little bit of the one with Ewan McGregor and I never got to finish it. See, I'm I wasn't a fan of season three. Season one of Fargo, fantastic. And I, by the, I, I, I sorry. Screen rant agrees with you. It's number three or four. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. But, yeah. And then Ray, and then season two is is good. It's not as great as season one, and then I couldn't get through season three and I haven't made the season four. Also, his portrayal as Ronald Reagan. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I, I, his, no, his portrayal of Ronald Reagan is, in my opinion, spot on. And the fact that it's literally just Ronald Reagan in a in a urine just in a urinal just saying some random 
generic bullshit answer to some guy who's literally bleeding out his heart. And then when he calls him out on it, uh, he does, he just walks out like the conversation never happened. <laughs> and by the way, you know who their next pick after Ronald Reagan is? Claire no. Underwood. Oh, <laughs> is that after, after Bruce Campbell though? Yes. Well, that's fair. <laughs> but I just, I was looking it up when he said it and I thought, oh, I'll check that out. I'll be damned. I mean, in all fairness, other than, I mean, when you talk about a tall Giamatti as John Adams, Bruce Campbell is a perfect representation of Ronald Reagan. I need to go back and watch that then. He's literally in one scene in, in episode four, I think. Uh, but they yeah, got a episode... picture of him at a press conference in this. Is it that's not also in it? Well, that's in it, but he he doesn't have any lines. It's just a picture of him on a television, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Episode four is his only time where he talks. <laughs> um sorry, episode five, the gift of the magi. And it's at the very beginning, and then that's it. <laughs> Uh, but I, I had to talk. I, I honestly think it's a sincere portrayal of how Ronald Reagan actually was, uh, you know, based on, you know, you know, now what we know out of the history books about how Ronald Reagan was, especially during that time. Yeah. Um, uh, and Bruce Campbell nailed it in, in just two sentences. That's how talented that man is. He should have won an Emmy. <laughs> James. So I'm going to have to go watch this. You know, we you did House of Cards. I wasn't going to do this one because I had to look this one up. I didn't remember the name of the name of it, but you did House of Cards. Finally, the Guardian is the only one who acknowledges Frank Underwood. Keep going. Um, you did House of Cards, so and I want to continue because House of Cards was a hit, right? Well, when something's a hit, what happens? People make things that seem to imitate imitate it a little bit. Yeah. And what's bet? What's the sincerest way you can imitate a drama? That's right. You make a comedy. And if Kevin Spacey's going to do a drama, you're going to get Nick Nolte for your comedy. Anybody remember Graves? No. Oh. Graves has Nick Nolte playing a former president 20 years out of office, and his policies have led to everything going bad. And 20 years out of office, he realizes it and wants to make it better. The problem is he's 20 years out of office. The first episode, I only saw the first couple episodes. The first episode, he sneaks away from the Secret Service and goes to he goes to his presidential library and steals stuff and ends up in a trailer pot, a park smoking pot. In the second episode, his would-be assassin, somebody that tried to murder him, is requesting leave from prison just to go see his mother who is dying and they're trying to make sure he doesn't find out because he has mixed emotions about his assassin that's the only thing i remember folks i only saw the first couple episodes but nobody nobody every because i thought of this and i had to find out what it was called again and look it up nobody ever talks about graves Hmm. lasted for two seasons and nobody ever talks about what was it on epics which maybe why nobody talks about. Yeah, I never even heard of it. Mm-mm. Uh, but yes, yes, it was a it was a comedy, and then it ran uh, for two seasons. Uh, great, it was the, it's named after the character Richard Graves, who was the president. Again, Nick Nolte led the cast. Um, Robert Pine was in it. You may remember Robert Pine as being Robert Pine. Um, 
but it's also got like Kathy and Jimmy. And I mean, it had a good mix of cast in different roles, but nobody remembers. Nobody. Jacqueline Bissett's in an episode. Again, good casting, compelling kind of work, I guess, but nobody talks about Graves at all. So I just wanted to bring up Graves. If you've never seen it, it only lasted 20 episodes. Two 10-episode seasons, which was which was the style at the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a comedy on epics. Nick Nolte led the cast. And it was all about he was a terrible president. From the director of Swing Vote and the Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs film. The, I, I the other Steve Jobs film. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here for the my next one, I have to slide one in. When I, we say president, does it have to be of the United States? No, I mean there was never a ruling on that. Okay, so so it's I mean, okay. I did the president not- of the Federation last week, so I can't throw any stones. And you know what? I regret it. By the way, on my honorable mentions, I forgot the president of Earth, Tiny Lister. That's Ray, you rest in peace. Yeah, 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 the fifth element. I can't believe I forgot him. That's a good one. I'm going to talk about the president of Caprica. I want to talk about Laura Roslin, Mary McDonald from Battle Street, Battle Street, Battle Street. Battle, oh my God! <laughs> Write that down. We've got to make Battle Street. Battle Street. Battle Streets. <laughs> Think we can get I Edward mean, James almost his cousin? <laughs> yeah, I mean Edward. She was trying to keep Eddie James in line. Eddie James in line. She's leading a bunch of starships, gentlemen, and their home was destroyed by the Cylons. And she's just a secretary of education, guys. She's just well, a secretary of education, and she makes a few missteps. And in the damnedest thing, she gets cancer and dies. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. After her and Eddie J fall in love, she gets the cancer and dies. But yeah, no, it's uh, I, she's I agree. A, she's it's a great it's a great character. Uh, I mm-hmm. love. She's a secretary of education. The, the the scene she has with Edward James almost and I Eddie like we we've met him he's a very nice guy but all due respect he's a fantastic actor and and Mary McDonald has to do a great job just to stand up to Edward James almost especially in that show where he leads the military and she's the president of Caprica but she's one of my favorites and she keeps a level head in a just an absolute batshit nuts scenario there's not a lot to say here other well, than i was trying to find something that was a little bit more obscure and i was like yeah, i kind of like that because i like her and i like mary mcdonald in that role well and i was gonna yeah. say but also it's it's a believable casting because she really does have the best of intentions but she's also i mean as we all would be right i mean honestly if our home got blew up and we were like now leave these people i don't care how much experience you have i you're you're dealing with your own trauma you're dealing and, and everyone she, around her is a damned alcoholic yeah they're yeah. all drunks including aldama yeah yeah which and by the way i may be what would drive me to drink too i'm not much and by the way how is that different than reality i don't know Actually, they say Trump doesn't drink, so I don't know. Let me make a terrible joke. You mean that's him sober? Get that man a drink. Yeah, apparently. That's that's what I hear. He actually never touches alcohol. So I don't know. But he shoots cocaine up his asshole like nobody's business. Listen, whatever it does to get you through the day at Mar-a-Lago, you do it. 
<laughs> whatever it takes <clears throat> whatever it takes but no no i agree joe that's that's a good one because it is it is a truly compelling character and again like i don't as a viewer i didn't agree with every decision she made but she played it in such a way that i understood why it was being why and that she, decision was probably and it's fascinating probably. looking back on it because of the coup she has to deal with and and truly you understand the other character's experience of why is she in charge just by luck of the draw and the way the shitty system is drawn up? Yep. The Secretary of Education happened to live by accident. Yeah. And it's because everyone like else is gone. Everyone show that nobody watched. I watched it at the first episode. So say we all. Yep. No. All right. I'm done. All right. Um, so mine involves a president who's um, up for election. He's polling. He's going out on the stump and trying he's to get smoking votes. Him. Um, tell me, guys, if you can guess which president I'm talking about here, just based on his his speech that he gave to uh, potential voters. My fellow Americans, as a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball. But not tonight, <laughs> I say. We must move forward, not backward. Upward, not forward. And always twirling 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 towards freedom yep i know exactly hey, who it is as president dole don't vote Simpsons. don't blame me i voted for kodos <laughs> don't blame me i voted for kodos Kang that as episode president. has some of the best lines into what are you gonna do vote for a third party candidate throw away your vote yeah. all right <laughs> guys when i stop you boo abortions for all boo boo very well. No abortions for anyone. Boo. Cheer next. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. Yay. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So pre uh, Kang and Kodos, who uh, kidnap um, President Bill Clinton and uh, Senator Bob Dole and take over their uh, dress up as them to vote for president so they can take over the, over the world is by far one of the most memorable uh, at, at parts of uh, the Treehouse from Horror series, The Simpsons Runs. Yeah, and it was right in the middle of an election. President Clinton was up for his second term. Bob Dole was actually a strong candidate. Um, I don't think he was considered, he might have, I don't remember how strong of, of, he was had a chance of winning. Well, uh, Bob, Dole, it, I don't remember him ever. I mean, we lived it, but do you ever remember thinking Bob Dole was going to pull this out? I never did. Clinton was, yeah. Clinton was too loved. But I do think, I do think to a certain extent, Bob Dole was also, Bob Dole and McCain. Uh, McCain obviously coming later. Bob Dole was the last of the, of a certain mindset, a certain yeah. That well, was well, he was the able... last of the old school Republicans. Is that yeah. what I'm saying? That's yeah, what, I, I mean, he was the last one that I was like, okay. I mean, and I I wasn't old enough to vote yet because I'm so young. Uh, but I I do remember sitting there going, okay. I mean, if Bob Dole would have won, it wouldn't have been like, oh my god, what are we going to do? Bob Dole won, right? It would be like, oh, okay, Bob Dole. I mean, yeah. I, and I don't know if that was me being young and naive or... But Probably I a combination didn't. of both. Yeah. I, it didn't cause... I, now it seems like everybody gets up in arms about, oh, if this person wins, I'll... Well, in defense of those people, the candidates 
have gotten a little squirrely. Yeah. Well, and see, and you know, the other thing that the Simpsons really said, you know, what they were what they were saying in this episode is it doesn't matter who you vote, you're getting the same thing. Um, yeah, well, you no matter who, that no way, matter, Jad. No matter who you vote for, you're getting Kang or you're getting Kodos. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, the, like South Park later did, you're getting a, a douche or a, a or a shit taco. Shit Is that what it was? A turd sandwich or a shit turd sandwich. sandwich? Yeah, there you go. And finally, I just got two things I got to say is, you know, Kodos, I am Clinton as little overlord where we will all kneel trembling before me and obey my brutal commands and communication. And Marge says, that's slick willy for you. Always the smooth talker. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. And by the way, this is it's... not this is not the Kang and Kodos portion of Treehouse of Horror, but it does have another one of those lines that I still love to this day and will laugh nonstop. It's the uh, it's the the Hugo episode, the Bart Siamese twin. Yep. Doctor Hibbert goes Siamese twins, and Lisa Simpson says, "I believe they prefer to be called conjoined twins." And then Professor Hibbert, Doctor Hibbert's response is, "And Hillbillies prefer to be called sons of the soil, but it ain't ever going to happen." Sons of the soy, what? Sons soil. of the soil. soil. Sons of the soil. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's your next pick? Well, Chad, you did yours with quotes, so I'm going to do mine with quotes. It is one of my favorite television presidents of all time, and it just never gets old. And I'll just give you one of his best lines that I wish I had the ability to scream this at random. I'll sell our children's organs to zoos for meat, and I'll break into people's house and wreck up the place. Is that who? I wonder who okay, who are you doing? I think I know, but I don't know. Hold on, let me do one more. Um, hold on, let me find. Oh, our planet been through a lot this year, but we have not forgotten what is truly important: the great taste of Charleston chew. Yeah, are you doing President Nixon on Futurama? President Nixon may be the best fictional future president we could hope for. <laughs> because honestly, go back and watch every time he pops up. He, A, doesn't really do anything. Yeah. But B, is always scheming. Yeah. And yet everything always works out. Matter of fact, one of the other great lines that I love With from Robot, him, Robot Kissinger. <laughs> that, and, and the headless body of... Uh, uh, Spiro Agnew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for saving the earth and foiling me, I proudly yet angrily award you with the polluting medal of pollution. Because <laughs> he's going to let the planet die and just flee. And then the Planet Express crew figures out if they get enough pollution together, they can shoot that pollution at the pollution that's heading for the planet, and they'll knock that pollution away and they'll all be saved. And so they <laughs> he has to give them an award, but he was already just abandoned everybody else and escape. And uh, no, I just, I love, um, I think it's one of the best uses of a real president in a fictional setting that doesn't get, I mean, it's not constantly talked about, but to that point, actually, of what you're saying with The Simpsons, it also has a little bit of that what happens if every character is the same or what if every candidate's the same and the reason nixon ends up winning is because he's not and if you remember the episode there's two clones of one one guy is the original and the other one's a clone and one is johnson and the other one is jackson and they're being um the presidential debate is johnson jackson and uh um nixon 
and they're being interviewed by Morbo. And Morbo basically says, "What would you do if you, uh, if nobody, if you thought you could get away with it? Would you seize a small child and take their candy?" And Johnson says, "Unthinkable." Jackson, I wouldn't think of it. And <laughs> Morbo goes, "Nixon." Nixon's response is, "Uh, well, well." And he starts I, sweating. Uh, it, by the way, uh, it's it's a gag on the Nixon and yeah, yeah. gay debate. Yeah, where he starts yeah. pouring sweat. Yeah. Uh, the the, que- the question is vague. Uh, you you don't say what type of candy. Uh, what whether anyone is watching or uh, well, at any rate, I wouldn't harm the child. <laughs> it's just a great. But I mean, and and if you know that episode, Nixon wins. These other two people who wouldn't do it, you know, wouldn't harm, wouldn't take the candy. They're too much alike. And the votes get divided. And that episode came out before a lot of other stuff happened. And it may be the most accurate episode unintentionally. We talk about the Simpsons predicting everything. I think Futurama may have knocked that one out of the park. Because I think Nixon's head could make a comeback right now if that was possible. (laughs) All right. And to keep on going with Matt Groening, because this is actually going to be my second pick, and I pulled the other one out for the third. I mean, we need to... The, the Simpsons predicted Trump and it was all in Bart to the future where mm-hmm. Lisa Simpson becomes the first straight, by the way, this is how it's described. The first straight female president of the United States of America. The country is broke due to president Trump and is forward to, and forced to bring a tax hike, but things get worse when Bart interrupts everything. Yep. That's more of an honorable mention. I don't have any of the quotes. I was actually trying to find some quotes, and I was having a hard time finding them from the episode. I mean, you did the major one. I mean, because there's the entire thing. And then uh, because Bart gets visited by the ghost of Billy Carter. Yeah. Right? Billy Carter shows up and goes, oh, yeah, he sent me away, too. And Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Jed? Oh. um, So I got to go for a more recent one. Um. And honestly, it's it's one of those portrayals that's that's so unnervingly spot on that you know you, you got to give him credit, uh, Mr. Garrison from South Park as president. <laughs> no, it's good. It's hilarious. It's really good. I mean, they got you got you got to love their spot on uh, interpretation of of Donald Trump. They just turned Mr. Garrison into Donald Trump. That's it. That's all they did. And, and that's all they did. And I mean, you know, they like one of the best is the presidential debate episode where he is in there talking with Hillary Clinton and he is trying to lose the debate by saying, you need to vote for her. I don't want this job. Vote for her. And she's just saying the, you know, the standard, I do not agree with anything this man says. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he just gets in there and he just bumbles through it all. Uh, and I really love this last season after he lost the presidency and uh, him and his uh, uh, him and his his boyfriend. I forget the boyfriend's name. Where do they go? It's, it's some like some places in South Carolina, like Myrtle Beach. I think it's Myrtle Beach. I actually haven't watched this last season. Oh, well, you should watch it because he goes down there and there's still a bunch of Trump supporters there. And, and they try to get they get him to uh, um, go debate. <laughs> and he slowly turns back into Donald Trump. It's hilarious. <laughs> um so yeah i uh i really uh donald mr garrison as don as the south park version of donald trump is it's it's entertaining I, again i'm not criticizing anybody who liked trump for what he did 
I may not agree with you, but that's okay. We we live in a world where we cannot we cannot. Well, we're talking we about presidents. It's hard. Yeah, not we don't to have to agree. Culture. Yeah, I would never. You know, if you you can have your opinions, and that's fine with me. Um, but uh, yeah, but when you talk about presidents on television, you Mr. Garrison as Donald Trump, I think is is worth a watch. There you go. So honorable mentions, I, I know we probably have a few. There's one that I want to talk about, and I, we would have talked about it on the show, but truthfully, I've never seen more than an episode or two. I know people love Julia Louise Dreyfus as Selena Meyer in Veep, and I know that she becomes the president or whatever eventually through the show. I really need so. to watch that show. Yeah. Yeah, I've never watched it either. I've only seen episodes. So I, I don't know enough about it. And that's the reason it's not a clue because I'm assuming they're going to be burning down our doors if we didn't mention it. So I just wanted to mention we're not trying to leave her out. Just I never watched the show to be, true, be honest about it. Yeah, it's on my to-do list, honestly. But it, there's so much. There's, there's so just much. so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it got quiet. Anybody else getting honorable mentions? Oh, I'm yeah. for James. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chad. I, I was just making sure I had a title correct. So go ahead, Chad. Do yours and all. Oh, okay. Um, my own, uh, only honorable mention that I have is going back to The Simpsons and talking about President Bush, the the the, the original in the episode where he moves in next door to home next door to The Simpsons, and how he just based. Yeah, it's just basically a ripoff of Dennis the Menace. But at the same time, that came about because Bush made that comment that America needed more Waltons and less Simpsons, right? That was yes. that was the impetus for that was the Simpsons were a huge hit. They were starting to get literally national, I mean, just fan base. And then uh, the Bushes, I think even Barbara Bush made a comment because Barbara Bush said she watched it and she was like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so why would you watch it? It's okay. <laughs> um and and so yeah, no, I think that the fact that's where that all comes from is, is really interesting. But yeah, just the fact that you know he spanks Bart and then and then Homer loses his mind and then they just proceed to go at it with one another and get into a big brawl. Love that episode. So yeah, that's my honorable mention. James. James. I've got two honorable mentions because I thought Chad was going to mention one of them, but he failed me for the last time. I'm kind of curious because I, I was I, I feel like I am forgetting an important one that I should have mentioned. I was kind of shocked you all didn't do Lisa. Uh, well, you did I, Kane and Kodos, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. I would have picked that. I didn't actually think about it. You, you, Chad, you actually oddly enough mentioned this after we stopped recording last week, and you. It's funny that you mentioned South Park, but you left out the other creation by parker and stone oh and i was movie. going to but i honestly couldn't remember anything other than the one scene go I ahead i made it past I, the first episode that's my bush I actually i was dating somebody at the time and this was honestly like in probably her top five shows of all time just absolutely loved this show um but if, if you've never heard of That's My Bush, it's about um, the adventures of Carl Rove and a robot. No, it's not. It's about, uh, it's a parody of George W. Bush coming into the uh, the presidency. And it's also mocking sitcoms. It takes those yeah. two concepts and slams them together. It's a spoof of about how sitcoms are terrible and they're banal and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's also a, a critique of, of the president um, Timothy Bottoms was George W. Bush. Carrie Quinn Dolan was Laura Bush. Kurt Fuller was Carl Rove. 
Uh, Marsha Wallace was Maggie Holly, Kristen Miller was Princess Stevenson, and John, I never have actually had to pronounce this, Diaquino, is that right? I'm not uh, for sure. Was uh, president. But yes. Um, that, by the way, they originally didn't think they'd have to make this show because they, they had promised during the presidential election that they would make a show about whoever won. And uh, they were 95% certain that Gore would win. So they thought they'd do a sitcom about Gore. Uh, if you listen to the DVD commentary, they talk about, yeah, we didn't know we were, what we were getting into when we made that deal. Um, but yeah, yep. It's, uh, I, Chad, you want to talk about the one scene you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the only thing I remember about that, that, that's my bush, is the aborted fetus uh, episode where there's an aborted fetus trying to kill. Um, president bush in the in the white house that's well, all i would I watch that i've watched the yeah. first episode that's the pilot episode is that's it i don't remember that yeah. at it's all. an aborted dinner date is the name of the episode yeah it features fetus the fetus which was made and operated by the kyoto 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 yeah uh who would later work with them on team america yeah fuck you but yeah yep <laughs> Uh, the other thing I want to mention, because I know we're not going to do a third episode on this topic, so I have to get a book reference in. I know you all are anti-book. Please don't burn them. Uh, but, Chad, if you were going to write a novel about the murder of a president and have a magician be accused of doing it, who would? what president would it be and who would the magician be? Hmm... That would be George W. Bush, and it would be David Copperfield. Okay, actually, I'd probably look at that book. I'd consider yeah. that book. I'd consider that book. But no, we're going with more dark horses, sir. You should have said Warren G. Harding and the lesser known today, but the great American stage magician, Charles Joseph Carter. Now, Houdini gets all this credit, but Joseph... Uh, Charles Joseph Carter was a renowned magician, and somebody, that somebody being the author Glenn David Gold, said, wait a second, what if Harding would have died, and they would have had to blame it on this magician, and he's got to prove, using his hands and, and his, or his, hand, uh, you know, his um, slide well, of hands. No, he actually but, did die in office, James. Yeah. Okay, just checking. But <laughs> I don't think a magician did it, Chad. Anyway, but you don't know. Basically, the thing that the the plot is that Carter is invited to President Harding to do a performance for the president, which was not unheard of at the time that presidents could invite people to perform. And he performs, and as a trick, he cuts the presidents in, in half. Uh, a few hours later, as Chad pointed out, Harding dies. And they become convinced that somehow the magic trick killed him. And... Mm -hmm. Carter has to find a way to prove that he's innocent and solve the crime. Honestly, it's just fantastical enough, but also based in history to be interesting. The book is Carter Beats the Devil by Glenn David Gold. If you're into mysteries, if you're into history, and you want something that smashes the two of them together, I would say check it out. Carter Beats the Devil. Because there's not enough fiction about Warren G. Harding. Yeah, that's all I got, folks. That was my two honorable mentions. I, I <laughs> all right. dance now. <laughs> I, I was going. He was featured prominently in Boardwalk Empire. He just wasn't in the show. 
Well, no, he, yeah, you're right. He gets a lot of, <laughs> he gets a lot of screen time for somebody that never is on screen. No, yeah. I agree. And by the way, Boardwalk Empire, what a great show. Oh, isn't it? It's such a good show. Man, I love that show. All right. James, should we talk about that for another 10 minutes at in Carnival for another 10 on top of that? Oh, oh, no, I could do, you know what? That, that would have been a great crossover too, right? Yeah, wouldn't it? Man. Just to have the circus pull up at the end of an episode. Yeah. At, you know, the, the traveling, yeah, at the, at, at the end of the Boardwalk. Just uh, and, and then, Brown come out and punch, uh, you know, talk about how they're all sinners. That and then was, the the one the main character whose name I, who is escaping me from the oh my god, what's his name? Yellow bastard from Sin City. Nick uh, Castle. Nick. No. Uh, whatever the main character yeah. uh, after as, as as Nucky is dying, he just comes and puts his hands on him and and heals him and kills everybody else around him. That would have been awesome. Yeah, continue the series. Oh. Nick Stall, by the way, the name you're looking for is Nick Stall. Thank you. <laughs> you guys done? Yeah, sure. All right. This oh man, he was maybe great we, in Terminator Three. Uh, maybe we need to do an entire episode where we say what two shows we should smash together, and just oh see how God. outlandish we can get, and have to pitch a scene. Okay. I think that should be an episode. There you go. Tune in next week where we will not do any of that. No, we're going to do something else next week. But eventually, when we're out of ideas, you will see. All right. Now, in this episode, Andy Griffith, he's got to punch the flying nun because she no, won't No, no, no. The mashup would be, in this episode, Andy Griffith has to be an attorney for this guy and get him off because they think he's guilty. But he ain't guilty. But the And then that one guy from Disorganized Crime is going to help him out and try to find facts. Uh, mashup. No, best mashup. Different strokes meet supernatural. Watch as, watch as the Winchester boys find the ghost of Willis to find out what he's really talking about. I'm done Timely. in Timely. this episode. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Thank you. Grrrr. <laughs>